Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. Your hermitage of the heart. Your monastery of the mind, where we draw upon the wisdom of the saints and the church and the longstanding tradition of the church to help us to understand how to see God's will in the midst of the storm, how to see God in the midst of the storm and how to navigate the storm, how to keep our eyes on him, how to keep our, keep our eyes on him. So today I'm excited to have uh, back with us, Dr. Joseph Holcraft, who's head of our high calling program, which provides, um, men prepares men for seminary and uh i don't know uh how many dioceses are we in now dr holcraft yeah so uh we're onboarding men in diocese as we speak uh, and uh it'll it'll land this year somewhere between 40 and 50. and then of oh, course that's... also this year we are um, working with uh, mount saint mary's seminary which i'm uber excited about yeah well, of course, the spiritual direction program, which feeds and forms priests uh, uh, to help men better discern, uh, that's also uh, going to start here in about a month. So a lot going on. Um, God has blessed us for sure. Man, I just couldn't imagine. I mean, you know, just, just think of my conversion in 2005. You know, I'm 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 an Anglican seminarian just, you know, struggling like crazy, trying to figure out, OK, Lord, is this your church? Yes. OK, I'm in. And then going from that to helping to uh, heal the church, to um, to uh, uh, serve the priesthood and priestly formation. And I mean, it's just been a dream come true to be a part of all this. And so grateful, Joseph, for your amazing work in priestly formation and uh, and how this effort continues to expand. More and more guys are coming our way for formation, whether they're priests or or they're discerning the priesthood and what a gift. Yeah, absolutely. We're so grateful to have you here. Amen. And our, our next guest is um, Father Verrier. He's from the Diocese of Peoria and he is the uh, per parish priest of two, two parishes and we should shout out to them. And hopefully some of them are listening to St. Joseph's in Broomfield, if I remember that right. And then St. James and Williamsfield. Did I get that right, Father Barrier? St. Joseph Brimfield and St. James Williamsfield, Illinois. Correct. Fantastic. Well, Thanks. it's great to have you on. Thank you. So, Diane, I, so Diane, so my Dan, Dan, Dan Burke. Just in my case, goodness. Wow. You were wondering. <laughs> Sorry. So, That's Dan, a, yeah. Um, my, right before the break, yeah. you were uh, setting this up for us beautifully. You want to let us, you know, remind us why we're here today? today yeah yeah Barry. so yeah. i my you know a passion of mine is the healing of the church and and we're we're i think it would be um not serving the church well to underestimate understate our current problem we have the average age of priests is uh 67 years old right which now, which is shocking which is shocking the um, scary actually to me yeah we're really looking at i mean like I said, I don't want to sound crazy because people who are not looking at this every day are going to think you're exaggerating. I'm not. We're really looking at the collapse of the American church. And I don't mean the failure of it in its completion because that can never happen. 
But what I mean is that um, uh, vocations are, are dramatic, have been in dramatic decline. And the average age is 67. There's this crisis looming because what's happening is we have uh, fewer men who are going to be managing more parishes. Right. And of course, many uh, our dioceses and our dioceses are closing down many parishes. So, And that's just a matter of biology. It's you a know. matter of math. Yeah. yeah I mean, just, biology. Yeah, exactly. Right. And yeah. Uh, Priests can only go so far. Right? right. And so the problem is then the diocesan priesthood is hard enough and it's way harder than I think I wish. I wish parishioners knew what we know because we deal with so many priests and serve so many priests personally behind the scenes with healing and with, um, you know, with care, the pressures on a diocesan priest are quite extreme. I mean, everybody thinks theirs is the only problem. And so they go to the priest and take up, not that they shouldn't go to their priest, but uh, they have an agenda or they have their issues and they don't realize there's, there's a thousand others in line as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of just different factors that really, I think, um, threaten the spiritual health as a norm yeah. of diocesan priests. I think that's really important because the Lord, you know, the work, we know that the harvest is rich and the laborers are few. We've known that from mm -hmm. the beginning of, of the birth of the church, right? Our Lord told us that. But I think what is is really, really important that you talked about is the spiritual health of our priests. Yeah. Because if their spiritual health, including physical health, emotional health, all of those things, because it all ties together, if it's not taken care of, you know, their knees will buckle like with any human being. It's like a mom who doesn't get proper care right. with all of her children or a father who doesn't get proper spiritual care. So these are our spiritual fathers in our parishes with many, 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 many children. Yeah. Lots of problems, lots of things going on. And it's a joyful, beautiful vocation. But we need to help our priests stay healthy um, in all those facets so that they can continue this work that they've been given. Yeah. To bring it to a point and then just get Father Barrier's comment on this as he lives the reality of what we're talking about. The normal diocesan priesthood is challenging just on its face. Now you have the pressure of uh, priests taking on multiple parishes or too few priests in really large parishes. You have those pressures. Um, I, those are normal pressures. Uh, I, I think then we have the pressures of a, of a very sick culture mm -hmm. and all the things going on. I For... I think the church in America can revive and become healthy and strong again. But if all of these factors and, and in particular the newer factors of, of the, you know, the retirement age and all of these things happening are not mitigated in the way that the priest lives his life and, and protects his relationship with the Lord, then it's just, it's going to get worse rather than better. But I think if a priest does the opposite and we help him to do that as parishioners, whatever, then I think we can see a revival and renewal of the church out of the ashes, so to speak, or, or as Cardinal Rads, or Ratzinger a long time ago predicted, you know, a smaller but stronger church that, that then can come forward. What, what are your thoughts about this, Father Barrier? Well, I, I think you've hit it on the head. Um, priests are under a lot of pressure, usually multiple parishes and sometimes 
parishes, schools, prisons. And the only way to uh, stay healthy is to stay centered in Christ. First of all, when you get up and you spend time with Jesus through mental prayer, and then prepare yourself for a holy mass. And for me, um, mass and hearing confessions is the center of my vocation. That's where I feel most like Christ. But also um, 15 years ago, I was invited to join a priest support group called Jesu Caritas. There's six men in there and there's a, a core um, habit that we have. We meet for lunch and dinner, but after lunch, we go right into holy hour. And that's something we never omit. And we have the rosary and we end with daytime prayer, but mostly silence. And we're bringing our needs, the needs of each priest and the parish and all of our needs to Jesus and the Holy Blessed Sacrament. So I think Eucharistic adoration is the core of our Jesu Caritas and um, praying the rosary together. So I would say those two things. And and then after the holy hour, we have a book discussion. We're just about to begin a discussion on a book called Holy Order by Adrian Nichols and, um, and something to deepen our, our appreciation of the priesthood as a gift. And then we have sharing of facts, which is maybe the most cathartic thing. We, we talk about one thing in the last month that has been a challenge in our priesthood something positive, something negative, and then to have brother priests who love you and to help you, to give you some advice. And, but the most, especially the prayer support is, is so uplifting. And then after that, we do evening prayer. We have dinner and fellowship and we head, head back to our parishes. So that's the first Monday of every month. And um, that really maybe saved my priesthood because I have a tendency to be depressed and anxious and um, just knowing that I'm gonna be meeting with these priest friends is just so beautiful. And the other thing in my parish that really helps me is I decided it's hard enough to get through the week, but hump day is always the hardest day, Wednesday. So Wednesday evening, we have adoration for about two hours with confessions in my parish. And for me, it's relaxing. And anybody who just wants to come and just spend time with Jesus or go to confession, um, I found that's a, been a great benefit to my parish and to me personally as a priest. You know what I'd like to do at follow up on this show is I want to take that outline. You you just gave us a diocesan priest survival guide. Right. Just in, in, in that first. <laughs> that's how I get by. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, 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 what we'll do is we'll create that outline and we'll make it available for for listeners to to share with their priests and maybe along with the show or something like that. But Joe, I want to jump to you and and talk have you talked speak to why mental prayer is so important because that's where father barrier began and why it's you know preeminent in our work as we do priestly formation to make sure those who come through our programs are all practicing daily mental prayer yeah so when you talk about prayer as the life support of everything we do just not as you know uh, christians and catholics but you know, Father, very as you're speaking, for all the priests listening as priests, it really forms and informs everything, right? Because in mental prayer, as we begin to speak to it in conversation with God, it is really entering into that listen dynamic that reveals to you maybe something you didn't see before, you know, or 
or as I work with guys and work with priests, I hear often, I hear often, you know, I was thinking I was going to do this today and yet the Lord had something else for me to do. And how did they discover that? Because they were contemplating truth. You know, John Paul II once said, let all our action yield to the contemplation of truth. Right? And so, yeah, what we have in the High Calling program and, and our other programs, of course, we, we root it in prayer that we might begin to understand that a union with God isn't something in the abstract. There's a tendency, I think, to look at prayer and it's up here somewhere. Well, in, in some cases it is, right? because we're lifting our hearts and minds to Christ. But the whole idea is that it, everything we do is, is made concrete and made real and, and receives its shape and form in Christ Jesus, that, that our friendship with Jesus is tangible. And so as we talk about mental prayer and begin to speak into this for our priests, you know, it's, it's, nothing to, it's nothing to put off, right? Because what we have is the present moment. You were talking, Dan, uh, earlier before we went on air that, uh, you know, priests, a lot of priests listen to Divine Intimacy Radio as Sunday morning. And man, if I could encourage them, if they're preparing for Mass, to just take that quiet moment, that extra quiet moment to uh, be present to what the Lord might have for them in that moment. So um, absolutely foundational. Uh, you know, I was listening to you, Father Verrier, talk about praying the Liturgy of the Hours and how beautiful is that? Because in praying liturgy of the hours, you're faithful to that canon 276 that speaks to uh, your responsibility, but not as as this utilitarian thing, I need to get something done in the functional sense, but rather in the very personal sense. That, hey, Joe, this, yeah. is, this is important. We, I got to head to a break. When we get back, I, though, I want to continue to talk about the connection between mental prayer and um, the, the, the divine office and how powerful and important that is in terms of obedience, but also how they enrich one another. So we'll be right back after the break. The beautiful fact that no suffering is wasted, that all suffering has a purpose. And to wrestle with the idea, which is that everything that happens in our lives is either willed or permitted by God. Okay, God, why would you permit these things? I know that you're a good father and you're a loving father. So there's something there. So I have to bridge this gap between your permission of my suffering to your love for me as a father. And Uniformity with God's Will, the book by, by St. Alphonsus Liguori, bridges that gap. And he explains as only he can, because he's such a hard hitter, the reality that these are all moments of growth, of virtue, of Hey, your legs are weak. You're like a newborn deer. You can't stand on your own. We need to get you to stand on your own. You know, those sorts of things. Even even desolation, you know, the day-to-day kind of the ebbs and flows of the spiritual life. Those things are all permitted for a greater good, whatever that might be. Check out the brand new updated version of Uniformity with God's Will titled Finding Peace in the Storm with Commentary by Dan Burke. This is Dan Stephanie Burke. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio. We're talking to a diocesan priest extraordinaire, Father Verrier from the Diocese of Peoria, Dr. Joseph Holcraft, a parish priest survival guide is the conversation. Dr. Holcraft, before the break, you and Dr. Uh, Father Verrier were talking about mental prayer 
and then you you went into um, the divine office and the, the power of that and the importance of that. Uh, please continue. The importance of following through on that promise, you know, Father Barrio, that you made as a priest. Um, and really, as all Catholics, we, we of course should be praying uh, the liturgy of the hours. Something I'm, I'm struck by, Father Barrio, as, as you were talking, it, is when you look at you know, the word obedience, you know, obadire, many of us know it means to listen. But maybe we miss it's actually a word that, that best translates as to be in tune. My children are very involved in music. My son and daughter, oldest, they, they play the guitar. And they're constantly retuning, right? You know, wood expands, contracts, and they need to constantly retune. Because if they don't retune, what they play is going to be all out of sorts. It's going to be very discordant. To be able to pray the office, to be obedient to to that promise is to enter more deeply into mental prayer, right? Because again, obedience is to be is to listen, to be in tune with God, to be in accord with God, to set your days to the rhythm and tenor of prayer. I know Stephanie, you like you like to use that phrase, pace of prayer. I like that the the, the vitality of praying the office faithfully really. Um, when you put it in the context of, of mental prayer and meditation, it's quintessential because it, it really uh, draws you deeper into the mystery of what it means to follow the Father's will. It's interesting, uh, that word, obedience, is juxtaposed, often juxtaposed against absurd, because absurd means to be out of tune or discordant, literally. You know, the world looks upon the Catholic Church and says, you're absurd. No, <laughs> the church looks at the world and invites what is absurd into be you know into the uh into god's will and what it means to be into him so father barry when you were speaking i was i was really touched by that because um your priesthood is speaking to me your joy um what you're communicating to me is is a priesthood that is in tune with christ and, and of course the fellowship you speak of beautiful and a lot of the guys talk to me you know those who join the high calling program and talk about uh, fellowship being this unexpected grace, a, a true joy. I hear that a lot, and I, I, that's what I was hearing with, with what you're saying, Father Verrier. And we, before we go back to Father Verrier, I do. Stephanie wants to touch on something. I'm pretty sure I know where she's going. Yeah, yeah. No, I. It, this was is just really beautiful. I love where this conversation is going. And as Father Verrier was listing out all these beautiful practices that he partakes in in the Jesu Caritas group. Um, what I kept hearing and what Dan was talking about is connected also to warfare and this idea of obedience and this being in tune and, and that just as a husband and wife in marriage stay rightly ordered through Ephesians 5, right? They're out of reverence for Christ, right? That provides protection for me as a wife. It gives me safety. It makes me in tune with my husband and he in tune with me. And we can run after the Lord and the Lord can just do a mighty thing, right? Well, the same happens with our priests, that through this act of obedience, of being in tune with the body of the church, with the, with the heart of Christ himself, then that provides spiritual protection. And, and then your priesthood bears great fruit and you're protected from the whispers and the wiles of the enemy, because I think we would all be kidding ourselves if we don't realize that we're 
all of us have some a nemesis that's assigned to us. You have probably 10. You know, I don't know. Out there, I've heard two, but I don't know. I've seen some priests that look like they're getting pretty battered pretty hard. And but this provides protection, this this life of prayer, Eucharistic adoration, remaining in obedience with the Holy Office and your promises keeps you safe. Did you want to talk about that, Father Barry? All of everything what you just said is so paramount to have it every single day. So you stay on track with God's will. So you can always pray, help me know and do your will. But what you introduced the show with, Stephanie, was Mama Mary is a rock star. <laughs> Today's the queenship of Mary. And I prayed to Mary that this would be a fruitful interview so that it would help other priests run to Mary's mantle. And one of my favorite devotions that I got from another priest is to say the first Saturday masses with the prayers and the processions and confessions and that really helps people stay connected to the heart of Christ when you're so close to the heart of Mama Mary. And St. Joseph too, he's the terror of demons, but he's also my spiritual father mm. in a real way. So one of my favorite prayers, I say multiple times every day, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, I love you, save souls. I say that all the time. I, I found that prayer in 1983 and during a silent retreat. I've never had a silent retreat and I didn't know what to do. So I found this prayer and I just kept praying it over and over and over. I still make that uh, uh, important prayer every day. Well, the one thing I want to just reiterate something, and I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I, I, I wanted to make sure that we have super sharp clarity on this point. So not too long ago, uh, I had a priest come and ask for some help who was struggling. Beautiful priest, good, good man, you know, really, you know, orthodox, you know, in keeping with church teaching, but struggled to pray the liturgy, the hours, and wasn't being faithful to that. And I asked him, it was a very powerful conversation. I asked him, can you just lift, help me lift the hood in your soul a little bit? Tell me, what is that sin? Like, how do you, like, what do you confess when you fail to pray the liturgy of the hours and he and he and he named good things you know he talked about the sin against justice uh with respect to the the virtue of religion these sorts of things and i said i said what about disobedience and it caused a pause which goes back to stephanie's point which is so because we've been in exorcism ministry this has been hammered into our dna like both of us are hyper focused on this issue and Stephanie said it, but it's so much, it's so important. The second a priest begins to step outside of his canonical obligation, he becomes, the sin, the, the most grave sin is disobedience. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to condemn anyone. I'm just saying, I'm just saying this is probably more dangerous than most notice. So you step out of disobedience into disobedience. Now, whose domain are you living in? Who, whose authority have you opened yourself up to? It isn't God's. Right. And who's feeding the, your priesthood? Because, you know, we have to really understand that to be a priest right. is to be a, an imitator of Christ, to right. be another Christ. Right. And the Lord himself said, I came only to say what the Lord told me. He was a, his primary virtue 
was obedience. Right. Because he came to say only what the father told him to say. And listen, I pray the, uh, the hour, I pray four of the hours every day. And I don't off there. It is often, I don't want to, I mean, I always want to, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to talk about. I want to, so I go to the chapel, but I don't feel like it. Maybe it's a better way of saying it. As a priest, we just want to say to you all out there, the priests who come to us who are struggling the most, that is always hap- that is always the case that they've set aside that. And, and I think the reason it affects them so much is this issue of obedience and authority. So I don't know, Joseph, if you want to comment on that. Yeah, you know, simply Samuel didn't say, Lord, listen, your servant is speaking, but speak, you know, if your servant is listening. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about, right? That I love how you focused on the heart earlier, Stephanie. Uh, everything we do here at Avila, every, every arm, you know, is tied to the, the, the sacred heart of Jesus. Um, and that's what that's what feeds us. And And if our disposition is one of, Yes, we speak, we dialogue, but first we must be disposed, properly disposed and listening. And I would say, uh, and I wonder if Father Barry, you would confirm this. Uh, I once had a very holy priest uh, who was with us on pilgrimage. We were talking, we had a private conversation, and he said, so you're saying to me, if I struggle with the liturgy of the hours, mental prayer can help solve that because, you know, he's just reiterating back because it helps me to to orient myself more deeply to Jesus, to know him, so that when I enter into this more formal kind of prayer, which doesn't feel quite as rich or or emotive or whatever, I enter in with that power of mental prayer and that deeper relationship. Father Barrier, do you find that uh, connection to be true? Yes. Uh, when, when you start your day with daily mental prayer, you're really centering your heart on Jesus. I always say, Jesus, I don't want to live today. I want you to live through me. I want mm-hmm. you to be my mind, my heart, my 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 joy. And then when you start your liturgy of the hours, Jesus is connected to every person. Mm-hmm. And so there's people out there who are feeling lost or or you know apathetic or are excited or joyful or scared or but oh. Jesus, in connecting with Jesus, you're connecting with all the people in the world. So your prayer for the church is entering into whatever you're feeling. You have to remind yourself you're united with Jesus and love is in the will to do the Father's will is obedience. That's, that was Jesus and my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Amen. So, we've, got to, we've got to end on that perfect note. But we're going to do a second segment. So folks, make sure you log back into uh, spiritualdirection.com YouTube page. Stephanie, if you would take us out. Until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body irreproachable at the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.